0: Therapy Podcast. It is your host, Aisha Barano. Let's get into today's episode. So we're going to be starting today from Philippians chapter one. Um, and to give you some context, Philippians um, was basically a letter that was written by Paul and Timothy to the church in Philippi. So he starts off this chapter um, basically talking about his prayers for the church um, and I will encourage you to go and read it for yourself and these are prayers that you can pray for yourself or you can pray for your church Um, and so it is very important I would say to read this chapter. Um, I think one of my favorite verses out of the prayer is that I pray and that's verse six, I pray with great faith for you, because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this gracious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is one of the prayers that I love to pray for myself. And in a different translation, he says, he that has begun a good work in you will perfect it. Um, and so that is, is such a really, really important prayer. Um, But, yeah, he continues to pray um, from verse 1 to verse 11. It's pretty much just prayers. Um, And then he starts to talk about his imprisonment. So, at this stage, Paul, when he was writing this letter to the church in Philippi, he was actually in chains. He was actually imprisoned because he was preaching the gospel. So, he talks a little bit about the fact that, you know, he was he's imprisoned and how he doesn't want that to hinder the gospel um and that the fact that the ministry of the gospel is still spreading despite him being in prison um and so he goes on to talk about and let's read verse 14 i'm using the passion translation and what i'm going through has actually caused many believers to become even more courageous in the lord and to be bold and passionate to preach the word of god all because of my chains so during this point paul is still talking to the the church in philippi basically saying to them that despite everything that's going on with him people are still being more passionate it's actually making them even more courageous and passionate to preach the gospel despite and because of the fact that he's imprisoned um and then he talks a little bit about how some people preach jesus christ for different reasons some preach it because of competition and jealousy and controversy um because they are jealous of how god has used paul for example um you know for some of you who don't know paul used to be saul and he used to persecute christians and so some people even when he eventually became paul and you know god basically arrested him and he became a christian some people did not like paul because some christians as well did not like paul because they felt like how can god use someone who has done so many bad things towards christians and so paul here was talking about how you know some who preach christ do it out of competition controversy because they're jealous of how of the way god has used him so imagine someone there that doesn't like paul and i'm just like trying to visualize him like imagine someone that doesn't like paul because paul and became a Christian. And, you know, he, he's thinking like, how can God use someone that was killing Christians, you know, bless, you know, people and preach the gospel. And so the person is like, yeah, I have to do better than Paul because Paul, you know, was killing Christians. So I have to do this. I have to do this. So they're preaching the gospel with the wrong motives. And he talks about that, right? And Then he then contrasts that with people who have more of purer intentions when they are preaching the gospel. And if you look at verse 15, towards the latter part of verse 15, he says, Many others have purer motives. They preach with grace and love filling their hearts because they know I've been destined for the purpose of defending the revelation of God. And then he goes on to say, Those who preach Christ with ambition and competition are insincere they just want to add to the hardships of my imprisonment yet in spite of all of this i am overjoyed for what does it matter as long as christ is being preached if they preach him with mixed motives or with genuine love the message of christ is still being preached and i will continue to rejoice because i know that the lavish supply of the spirit of jesus the anointed one And your intercession for me will bring about my deliverance. So he's basically saying about how people have different motives for preaching the gospel. And despite that, even if your motives are not pure, basically, at least the message of God is being preached. Okay. However, I want to encourage us that if we're we're preaching the gospel, when we preach the gospel, we should make sure that our motives are pure. Um, You know, and our motive should be the fact that we're passionate about winning souls because God is passionate about winning souls. And so we do it because of genuine love for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, so let's move on to verse 20. And then Paul is saying, No matter what, I will continue to hope and passionately cling to Christ so that he will be openly revealed through me before everyone's eyes. So I will not be ashamed. Now, if we talk about the passionately cling, it is it comes from the word the a Greek word called um apo apokaradokia, and which basically means with deepest and intense of yearnings, or it means the concentrated desire that abandons all older interest with outstretched hands in expectation. So basically, it is saying that, so if we read it as, no matter what, I will continue to hope with the deepest and intense of yearnings. That means like deep within you, that is all you care about, right? So Paul is saying that he will continue to hope and passionately cling to Christ. Deeply yearn for Christ, deeply cling and hold on to Christ. So that he will be openly revealed through him be through me before everyone's eyes so i will not be ashamed then he continues to say in my life or in my death christ will be magnified in me what does it mean to magnify something that means to boost it to enlarge it to enhance it to praise to bless to worship to give adoration and so he's saying in his life christ will be magnified in his death christ will be magnified so either way christ is gonna be magnified and so then he talks about his dilemma which is basically let me read it first before i explain it each day i live means bearing more fruit in my ministry yet i fervently long to be liberated from this body and joined fully to christ that would suit me fine but the greatest advantage to you would be that i remain alive So you can see why I'm torn between the two. I don't know which I prefer. So here it's talking about the dilemma that he's having, which on the one hand, he knows that if he continues to live, he will be able to bear more fruit. he will be able to do more for the ministry. He would be able to win more souls, right? On the one hand. But then on the other hand, if he dies now, he can literally go up to heaven and be joined with Christ. And it is such a beautiful thing to be joined with Christ. Imagine being in Christ's presence. So on the one hand, you want to fulfill ministry and you want to bear fruit and you want to win souls. And then on the other hand, Paul is saying he wants to go and be with the Lord. And so then he talks about how he's torn between the two. But then he also talks about the fact that to the church in Philippi, what would be to their greatest advantage is if he stays with them. Because if he stays with them, then he can impart wisdom of God unto them. He can impart different things to them. But if he's gone into heaven, then he can't impart these things unto them because he's, he's no longer on the earth with them. And so that's why that's the dilemma. It's like on one hand, he wants to go and be with the Lord, on the other hand, he knows he still has to fulfill purpose. And so let's continue reading, 25. Yet deep in my heart, I'm confident that I will be spared so that I can add to your joy and further strength and mature your faith. So now he's talking about the fact that, yes, he has a dilemma, but deep within his heart, he knows that he will be spared so that he can add to the church, so he can add joy to the church, so he can strengthen the church, so that he can mature their faith so that he can help them advance in their faith. And then if we continue to verse 26, it says, when I'm free to come to you, my deliverance will give you a reason to boast even more in Jesus Christ. Imagine that. Let's just picture it. Paul is imprisoned and he's saying that, oh, he has a dilemma. On the one hand, he's thinking he wants to go to God. On the other hand, he's like, he knows he has purpose to fulfill. But then he then says that he's confident that god would want him you know leave him here to fulfill ministry right and then continues to say that when he's then freed so first of all he knew that he was going to be freed he knew that whilst he was in prison right now that he wasn't going to be there forever right so he's saying that when he's free to come back to them to the church in philippi the deliverance as in him being delivered from the chains, from imprisonment, will give them even more of a reason to praise the Lord. It's like, think about it. That's a testimony in itself. Paul was arrested, is in prison, and then he's able to then come out. Imagine how excited the church would be. Imagine people that did not believe in God would be like, wow, the fact that Paul was released. Wow, that's amazing. That is such a testimony for the church. Imagine that level of how huge that testimony would be for the gospel paul like he'll be like paul you know the christian guy that was arrested and um, imprisoned and imagine it's a prison where people no one comes back alive and then paul on the other hand comes out he's delivered from those chains people be like oh my god he's god really is god for him to release him and get him out of that prison and so let's keep reading verse 27 whatever happens so now paul is telling the philippian church and you know i want us to also take this as paul telling us whatever happens keep living your lives based on the reality of the gospel of christ then when i come to see you or hear good reports of you i will know that you stand united in one spirit and one passion celebrating together as conquerors in the faith of the gospel and then you you will never be shaken or intimidated by the opposition that rises up against us your courage will prove to be a sure sign from god of their coming destruction for god has graciously given you the privilege not only to believe in christ but also to suffer for him for you have been called by him to endure the conflict In the same way I've endured it, for you know, I'm not giving up. Wow. There's so much to unpack there. So, but he's leaving them with a message. Paul is like, I'm in prison and I know I'll come out. And when I come out, that would give you an opportunity to even testify. Then he then continues to say, whatever happens, keep, let your manner of life be worthy of the Lord. That's what it says in a different translation. Keep living your life based on the reality of the gospel of Christ. And so that when he comes out or hears reports, he said good reports of them, he will know that they stood united together in, in one spirit. And they were celebrating together as conquerors in the faith of the gospel. If you think about it, As Christians, I feel like when COVID happened is when a lot of Christians united as one. I think previously, prior to that, there were so many, oh, I'm from this particular church, you know, so many different denominations, and there still are, but then the body of Christ was not as united as it it has been since COVID, since 2020. It's like the churches came together to have different initiatives, churches came together. It's like Christians all around came together with one voice, and it's just so beautiful to to see and to hear. And it's just reminding us of what happened in that t- in that time with the Philippian church, with the with the people in Philippi, Philippi, and with what Paul was telling them. He said that they should come together. And then he was saying that they will not be shaken or intimidated by the opposition that rises against them. Because they will be united in one spirit. They will be united with one passion. They will be celebrating together as conquerors in the faith of the gospel. And then he talks about the fact that their courage will prove to be a sign from God. Wow. Wow. And then still talks about like it is a privilege. Like, imagine it is a privilege to believe in Christ, but also it's a privilege to suffer for Christ. Like, can we actually say that? Like, imagine it's a privilege to believe in Christ, but also a privilege to suffer for Him. This is someone that is in prison, this is someone that was in chains he's saying so confidently that it is a privilege to believe in christ but also a privilege to suffer for him like privilege is like oh no it's like i don't know how to explain it like i really hope you guys are catching it the way i'm really catching it in my spirit i just imagine this guy there in prison sitting on the floor and then he's like talking to his fellow inmates like ah it is a privilege to be here. They're like to probably be wondering, like, is this guy mad? How can you be saying that it's a privilege to be here in chains? But he's like, no, suffering for the sake of the gospel. Have you heard of Christians in certain parts of the world that were arrested for trying to preach the gospel? Well, I wonder if they would have that same mindset. That is a privilege to be able to suffer for him well wow, that is just to honestly like when i hear christians being persecuted like i honestly feel so bad for them you know and i pray for them and stuff but also thinking about it now i wonder what their mindset is like is their mindset like paul's where is like his? it's a privilege to suffer for god it's a privilege to suffer for the sake of the gospel wow wow and he's like you know if it happens to them he's saying that they've been called to endure that same conflict they've been called to endure it and without giving up the same way he's not going to give up and so in terms of applying it to our lives even if we don't necessarily live in a place or a country where you feel like you know there is that much, um, you know. There, there isn't, there isn't that much conflict when it comes to the gospel. Sometimes on social media, there is a conflict when it comes to the gospel. The word of God says something, the world is saying something else, and then you are asked to give your opinion on certain things. But then you want to act politically correct. You want to sound politically correct. You don't want to say what the word of God says, but you say you're a Christian. Think about it, what would Paul do if he was in that situation? He wasn't changed, he was still writing letters, he was still sending word, telling them it's a privilege to be able to suffer for Christ's sake. And so, when opportunities present itself, when certain conflicts arise, don't give up, stand. Stand. With- withstand that evil thing withstand that thing that conflict but if you run at the at the sign of conflict when it comes to conflict for the gospel you cannot give up and that's where i'm going to end it today so just before we end today's episode um if you have not said the prayer of salvation, which means that you have not given your heart to Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Christ now. Um, so one of the big things that I have to emphasize is the fact that you have to believe completely um with all of your heart and you have to speak forth. So which means you have to say it um, whilst believing in your heart now it is not enough to believe you have to believe and speak um, and it's not enough to speak without believing so it requires both so now i'm going to say the prayer of salvation and i need you to repeat it after me oh lord god i believe with all my heart in jesus christ son of the living god i believe he died for me And God raised him from the dead I believe he's alive today and forevermore I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life from this day through him and in his name I have eternal life I am born again thank you lord for saving my soul i am now a child of god hallelujah praise the lord if you have said this prayer welcome to the family of god you are now a child of god you are now born again you can confidently say i am born again glory to god and so now if you want to learn more about how to live your life as a born again christian i will encourage you to go back and listen to every single episode on this podcast just keep listening and you will continue to see the transformation in your life and also i will encourage you to go out there go on google and search for now that you're born again by chris oyakilome and if you review that you will see in the book it explained carefully what happens now that you've given your heart to christ it explains clearly what you have received as a child of god and so i will encourage you to actually go and read the book it's a really short book it's a pdf um, version and it's free online too and if for whatever reason you're unable to get the book just send me a direct message on christian therapy um um using the christian therapy handle um on instagram um yeah so just send me a direct message and i will organize for it to be sent to you so yeah thank you so much and um, for listening to today's episode god bless you and i will see you next time bye